life is a very powerful thing when you're living for God. Because uh, there's opportunities that come up that may or may not be expected. And that's what I'd like us to talk about this morning. Our life is filled with choices and, and different situations that come up. And here we are at Christmas time. And, and Christmas is it's the most wonderful time of the year. But if you're not careful, it can be the most stressful time of the year. If you're not careful... You'll try to make sure that everything's just right and you'll get all worried about it if it's not instead of realizing, hey, this, thing, this whole season, we're going to have the gifts. I don't, I don't have anything against Santa Claus personally at all. I know there's Christians that do. I don't. Uh, we're going to do it all. We're gonna, I'm going to go to Santa's Wonderland. I, I've already been twice this year and it's not even Christmas yet. But we're going to do Christmas big. But if, if, if you go through life who in here is a planner? Raise your hand. Who in here is not a planner? You, you would say that you're... Okay, you make us planners real frustrated. <laughs> yeah, some people call it uh, uh, spontaneous. I call it lazy. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> Can I say that in church? All the planners said, Amen, preacher. All the spontaneous people said, Get your work. Get your purse. We're out of here. But planning, we, we make these plans and we have all these ideas of what something's going to be like. And sometimes it doesn't go exactly that way. Luke chapter number 1, beginning around verse 26, the gospel according to Luke. If you have your Bible, you're welcome to turn there. If not, we'll put it on the screen. In the sixth month, the angel... Now, this is talking about the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. We're fixing to talk about Mary, Jesus' mom. And, and she has a cousin named Elizabeth who has a baby named John. We call him John the Baptist. And so six months into her pregnancy, the angel Gabriel comes and visits Mary. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin, a spouse to a man, engaged to a man whose name was Joseph. We find out uh, from our Bible that he was a carpenter. Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. Now Mary was very interesting. And we'll find out some great uh, characteristics of her life in just a moment. But one of the great things was, is she was set apart. And she was engaged to be married. So she was making all of her wedding plans she was picking out her dress. Uh, if, I, if I had to guess, she was probably sitting on the couch on her cell phone, pinning things on Pinterest. <laughs> Guys, if you don't know what Pinterest is, uh, you can ask your wife. I promise you she does. So she's pinning things on Pinterest. I like this dress. I hate that dress. I like this cake. I like this cake, but that frosting. I like these colors. I don't like those colors. And she's going all through her life planning for the biggest day up to that point in her life that she knew about. She was planning to get married. We have several couples in the church that are going to get married over the next six months. And I meet with almost all of them. And the ladies, they're all doing the same thing. The guys, they go into like this, this brain-dead mode. 
And, and it's like, so I'm thinking, the, the, the lady will come say, well, I'm thinking about this for our colors. What do you think? And the guy will say something like, yeah, that's fine. And then the, the, the lady will say something like this. Well, well, do you not care? No, I do care. Well, do you like it? Well, yeah, I like it. Well, why don't you like the other? Well, what do you mean? Are you trapping me? So she's going through all these things, getting ready to, to, to get married to Joseph. She's so excited about it. And all of a sudden, an angel, not just any old angel, Gabriel, the, the angel of God that is before his throne, that brings messages from the throne of heaven all the way to earth, comes in, and the angel came into her, came into the room, and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. In today's terminology, uh, it would say like this, Greetings, favored one. Favor in your life can do more than a thousand head starts. Sometimes we feel like we got the short end of the stick because we were not uh, handed a silver spoon, so to speak. We didn't have the, the ball didn't bounce our way like it did for somebody else. Well, listen to me, what can happen in your life is the favor of God can change everything in your situation. She then says, uh, when she saw him, she was troubled, the Bible says. Now, wouldn't you just be troubled if you're sitting there on Pinterest pinning a bunch of dresses and pinning a bunch, and all of a sudden in walks a glowing, huge, strong, overwhelmingly powerful being, the angel of God who is before his face, who brings messages to earth, walks into the room and you don't see him and you look up and the first thing he says is, Yo, Mary, I would be a little concerned too. I would not be on Pinterest, just so you know. But I would be a little concerned as well. And she's, she's troubled. And she cast in her mind, meaning she thought about, what manner of salutation this should be. What does this mean? I'm favored. What do you mean? I'm favored. Favored simply means that you're going to get something. You're going to attain something. Or you're going to experience something. That you do not deserve. If you can understand the favor of God on your life is not predicated on your ability to deserve it, you will experience much more of it. We can't get in this woe is me mindset. We have to remember that by His stripes we were healed. Not by our ability to do the right thing. Not by our ability to say the right thing. But by His stripes we're healed. You don't deserve healing. But healing belongs to you because of who you belong to. So she sits there and she's troubled about what's going on and she's thinking about it. And the angel, verse 30, says unto her, uh, uh, the angel, uh, verse 30, says unto her, Fear not, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now, favor uh, is a powerful thing. And, and there's several different things that you can really pay attention to when you're studying the Scripture. But one of them is when you see something repeated quickly. It's worth paying attention to. The angel of God walked in and said, Hello, favored one. And she's troubled. And all of a sudden, God's messenger says, Don't be afraid, Mary. 
You have favor on your life. You have something you don't deserve on your life. God Himself is shining down on Mary in this moment about to change everything. Our calendar that we look at every day that says the year 2015 is literally changed because of this conversation between an angel and a lady who's engaged to be married. Everything about humanity is about to shift And she doesn't know it. All she knows is when God showed up, when His Word showed up, the first thing He said is, you have favor and I don't want you to be scared. If you're taking notes, write this down. Live fearless. I know what that means. I know it's easy to say and seemingly difficult to do. And when times are going great, it's not a problem. But what about when you lose the loved one that you didn't think you were going to lose? What about when something that you didn't plan happens? What about when the report comes in? Immediately and instantaneously, you have an option. You can either choose to trust God and believe God and refuse to let fear take root in your life or you can be affected by what you've heard. The Word of God says 365 times in some form or another, don't be scared, don't be afraid, fear not. Once for every day of our calendar year, God wakes you up with His mighty right hand and whispers into the ears of His children, don't be scared today. I understand we can't speak for next week, next month, and next year on the specifics of what, we can be, what we're going to be doing, but you can wake up every single morning and trust in the name of God Himself and say, I'm just not going to live in fear today. Rest your head on the pillow and say, I'm not going to sleep in fear tonight. And when the sun comes up again, say, I'm not going to live in fear today. No, let the dogs bark. Let the winds blow. Let the waves rage. Let the mountains fall around us and let people say whatever they want. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord and I'm not going to live in fear today. I just refuse. You make that decision. God begins to take notice of the decisions that you make. She says to him, she says to, he says to her, fear not, verse 31. Behold, you shall conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and call his name Jesus. And now that's the first time on earth that we have record of an angel speaking the name of Jesus. And when he said Jesus, every devil in hell began to quake and began to tremble because all of a sudden something had entered the atmosphere out of the breath and the mouth of God's messenger that was going to change everything. But let's talk about Mary for just a moment. Because Mary is flipping through wedding books. And looking at different 
destinations of where we should we have a destination marriage should we get married at the church should we get married at the hotel ballroom should I wear this dress I got all these different bridesmaids which one should be my maid of honor and all of a sudden God's word comes and says to her all that's changing right now Mary probably looks at Gabriel and said Gabriel this is my dress It is not fitted for a pregnant lady. She probably looks at Gabriel and says, Are you sure you want me to have a baby now? Are you kidding me? In your life and in my life, we've got great plans. And sometimes those plans change drastically. Number two, living for God requires flexibility. The scripture says that you and me see through a glass darkly. We can only see so much of the future. What Mary saw was she's about to get married. She saw that Joseph was going to be her husband. But none of the other details were exposed to her because we see through a glass as if it's been tinted to the point of just barely being able to see. But the Bible says that God sees the end from the beginning. So he can look at where you are, sees the very end of the situation, and from that perspective can help you make decisions. But as a Christian, we've got to be flexible. Now, ladies, I've talked about marriage and Pinterest and everything else. Guys, I'm about to help you out. It's like this. You've got to be ready to adjust if God calls an audible in your life. Peyton Manning, one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game, uh, was king, I guess is king if he ever gets uninjured, of calling audibles at the line of scrimmage. Meaning the quarterback will walk up, so the play is set, the play's already been called from the huddle, and he walks up, gets under center, or backs up for the shotgun, and all of a sudden he starts to yell all kind of things, and if you're Peyton Manning, you almost have to yell, Omaha! (laughs) Omaha! The other day, I was playing football with the kids, uh, and and I like to do it like this. I like to get the ball, because I'm all-time quarterback, and the kids are playing football. I say, blue 42, buckle my shoe, blue 44, shut the door, hike. And so we're playing football. I come out of the, uh, of the bedroom the other morning, and little Trinity Bell, my four-year-old daughter, I walk in, I got my cup of coffee, I'm sitting there, and she looks at me, and she goes, Daddy, blue 44, shut the door. <laughs> I say, that's what I'm talking about. But Peyton Manning, he'll get to the line of scrimmage. And the, the guys that are on the, on the line, they got their, 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 their knuckles in the dirt. They're about to hit a guy on the other side of them that's 300, maybe 350 pounds, that bench presses five or 600 pounds, uh, squats two Buicks, and is about to rip their head out, head off. And they're just waiting on him to say, hike. But all they can see is the thing in front of them. But Peyton's standing in the back. And he sees the whole field. The guy with his knuckles in the dirt, he's seeing through a glass darkly. But the quarterback's back there and he can see it all. 
And all of a sudden he sees the defenders making a move that he wasn't expecting or that might put one of his players at risk. And all of a sudden the play that was called, which everybody's committed to, now everybody's got to understand we're changing the play. Omaha, Omaha. There's an audible that happens. In your life, you've got to get real comfortable with the play changing and being willing to change with it because God has been doing that since the beginning of time. Mary's just skipping. I'm going to marry Joseph. I'm going to marry Joseph. No, you're going to get pregnant, have a baby. It's going to be God's baby. Nobody's going to believe you. And you're going to go have to have the baby in a barn. How's that sit with you, Mary? You've got to be so flexible in God that when you hear His voice, you respond. The Scripture says this way, My sheep know my voice, and a stranger's voice they won't follow. 31 again says, You'll conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you'll call His name Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Oh, it makes me feel good. He shall be great. And he shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord shall give unto him the throne of his father David. Everything that's being said there is so important prophetically because it's going to tie in with all the prophecies from our Old Testament. It's going to tie in all, it's going to tie up all the loose ends that may exist. But he is going to be called the son of the highest and the throne of David's going to be there and he'll reign over the house of Jacob and of his kingdom. There shall be no end. When you say yes to God, the hundred years you live on earth will not be the end of the life you live. Because this kingdom has no end. Verse 34. Then Mary said unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I don't know a man, seeing I'm a virgin, I've never been with a man? Now, I think that's a pretty valid question. And sometimes you and me have very valid questions. God says something. He gives you a dream. He gives you an idea. He gives you a thought. He gives you a vision. He gives you a, a motive. He gives you something. You're, you're in a situation. You're in a moment. And, and this situation just looks completely impossible. I, I, how am I supposed to have a baby? I, I don't have a husband. I, I don't, I've never known a man. How can I have a baby? This is an impossible situation. You and me are going to have impossible situa situations. You and me are going to come into impossible situations. Your marriage right now might look like an impossible situation. It might be that you have spent your life and everything it was wonderful and then just something just kind of went off the rails and now you feel like I can't get back to where I was. It's just an impossible situation and God's telling you I'm going to restore you. I'm going to empower you I'm going to equip you I'm going to heal you but you're sitting there looking at God and you're not trying to be rude you're just being honest this is impossible you're right it's impossible the family member who's away from God who's not living for God who's not doing what they should do and you know it they know it everybody knows it and it's impossible 
If you could have said the right thing to them, you already would have said the right thing to them. But it's impossible. There was a time whenever Jesus was asked one time uh, uh, some different things. He goes, and he made a statement. He said, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to make it into heaven. And the disciples, they get a little wigged out about it. They said, what are you talking about, Jesus? We, 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 we have to be poor to get to heaven? Now, you've got to understand. Everywhere Jesus went, he brought increase. Peter was a fisherman. He owned several boats. And every time Jesus got close to him, he almost sunk the boats putting fish in it. And to a fisherman, fish is increase, meaning it enhanced his bottom line. There was increase everywhere he went. When he walked into Jerusalem, people were stripping off their clothes and throwing them in the street just so his feet, his donkey's feet, didn't have to touch the ground. They gave into Jesus' ministry so much that Jesus had to have a full-time account at travel with him. So I could understand Peter getting a little wigged out. You're saying if you have stuff, you can't make it to heaven? Because, Jesus, we got stuff, man. I mean, we got stuff. Everybody you heal wants to bless us. They want to feed us. They want to give us stuff. Are you saying we can't go to heaven? And Jesus says, whoa. With man, it's impossible. But with God... All things are possible. So number three, if you're taking notes, sometimes things are going to look impossible in your life. You're not alone. You're not the first one to experience it. And this is not the end of your situation. Verse 36 says, And behold, the cousin, your cousin Elizabeth. Verse 35. The angel answered and said unto her, this is right after Mary says, how's this going to happen? I don't have a husband. And the angel said to her, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Number four. And I'm going to whittle it down. God will do the impossible in your life. She said, I don't know a man. How am I going to? You're telling me I'll name a baby Jesus. But how am I supposed to have a baby, Gabriel? Why don't you spell that out for me? I had the birds and bees conversation. I know how this thing works. How am I supposed to have a baby, Gabriel? That is impossible. And Gabriel's answer, if we want to just uh, trim all the fat off of it, is God's going to do it. You got situations in your life right now. You can't do anything about it. You don't understand it. And, and I would venture to say, you don't even like it. God's going to do it. God's going to do it. You believe God in the face of adversity and let your last dying breath say, I'm just going to believe God anyway. The impossible areas of your life are not your responsibility, but it is the region and the area where God performs best. He goes on to say, God is going to do what you need. I'll close with this last thought. In the book of Matthew, there's a story of two blind guys in chapter 9. 
that come to Jesus and they want to be healed. And they ask Jesus, uh, can you heal us? Will you heal us? And Jesus asks them a question. Have you ever asked God a question and His answer came in the form of a question? Sometimes I wonder why we always get questions from God when we're looking for answers. But at the same time, if you can come to a conclusion, you won't forget it like you did if He just tells you everything immediately. Sometimes when my little boy is helping me fix things or build things, I'll tell him, now you take a screwdriver and you put it on the screw and then you turn it. And I could show him that a thousand times, but there's nothing like him doing it, him going through the process. Now he remembers that the screwdriver goes in this way and I have to push on it and turn it at the same time. Something very different happens when God presents a question to you. You have to come up with the answer and then you find out that His Word is true even when you had to seek it out yourself. It's much more difficult to forget. So they said to Jesus, they said, Will you heal us? And Jesus asked them a question. Do you believe that I can heal you? They answer, yeah, sure, Lord, we believe. And Jesus says to them one of the most profound statements in our Bible. He said, be it unto thee, be it unto you, according to your faith. 2015, we'd say it like this. The part of the Bible that will function for you is the part of the Bible that you believe. You've got to believe God's Word to activate God's Word. Believing in God's Word is a quintessential definition of our faith. It means that when I don't see the answer, I believe God's Word. When I don't understand the circumstance, I believe God's Word. When everything's spiraling out of control, I believe God's Word. Why do you believe God's Word? Because when I believe God's Word, I activate the kingdom of heaven on my behalf because Jesus Himself said, Be it unto you according to your faith. One more time. Be it unto you according to your According to your faith. I'm going to ask it differently. And I'm not asking this because I want to... Don't, don't feel bad about your answer. If God gave you everything you really believed Him for today, what would you have left on the table? Are you really believing God about your marriage? Because it's impossible, right? That's His realm. That's where he works. That means we're believing God in that situation. Are you believing God about your job, your finances, your resources? Are you believing God? Or have you been caught in the, in my house we call it the mully grubs. When you just, everything's wrong and, you know, you, yeah, man, I just, I don't feel good. I just, you're, just, you're just in the mully grubs. No, there's a place of faith. And if you will believe God's Word, you will experience His favor like Mary did. 
If you'll be flexible when God speaks, to be willing to change your plans when God presents His plan, you'll see God move. In the areas of your life where it seems overwhelmingly impossible, those are not your responsibility to complete. Those are your responsibility to believe. Give God a hand of praise right there. Let's all stand to our feet.